0: Hey there, everyone. It's me, Tyler. I just want to give you a little heads up that I'm recording in a place that might be slightly less than quiet today. So please excuse any sounds of cars or trucks that might happen to get into the background. My sincerest apologies. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episode 28 Chapter 22 Nitfis This week we're discussing Chapter 22 Nitfis, and canto 6 of Dante's Inferno Here, Dante and Virgil enter the third circle Gluttony A heavy, stinking rain of slush and sludge falls from the sky. The sinners in this circle lay naked in the dirty water that collects all around them in a swampy, mushy marsh. Overseeing these damned souls is Cerberus. He barks viciously and rips into any sinner he can get his giant paws on. Cerberus threatens Virgil who then picks up handfuls of wretched waste and throws it into the beast's mouth. This tames Cerberus and allows the travelers safe passage. In this circle, Dante meets Chaco the hog. They have a discussion, and Chaco prophesizes of things to come. These sinners lived a life in which they glorified food and wine. They lived for the pleasures of eating and drinking. So, in hell, they are doomed to lie in waste like pigs and feast on the filth that rains from the sky and the mud they are forced to wallow in. This chapter, chapter 22 of Darker Days of Dorothy Gale, I put an emphasis more on Dante's established imagery than his theology. The rain, the sludge, and of course, my own take on Cerberus. I kind of just copied the visual elements, or a lot of them, anyway. I left out the people wallowing in the filth like pigs. I suppose I could rewrite the chapter to include them, but I don't think it would really add anything to the story. At one point, I considered a zombie type of thing here. Sinners rising up through the mud and attacking the tree horse. Tip and Jack having to fight off the horde. Ultimately, I decided against that. Sure, zombies are cool and all, but when I was working on this, the zombie trend was kind of peaking. I didn't want to seem like I was just trying to be part of a hip trend. Instead, I opted for a callback to Dark Days, with the creatures identical to the one that attacked Dorothy in the Black Marsh. The biggest indication to what gluttony is in my version of the story is when Cerberus kills itself in a voracious rage, one head eating the other and refusing to share while the third one dies before dying itself. There's more to this chapter than just the Inferno, though. It's not all gluttony. In fact, a significant part of this chapter has absolutely nothing to do with Dante or his interpretation of hell. I'm talking, of course, about the house they find themselves in, the scratches on the floor that lead to an empty chair in a mysterious bedroom the perfectly made bed, and the strange feeling Tip encounters. This is one of my favorite moments in the book, the moment in which Tip blacks out and feels this overwhelming happiness and this immense sadness. The description of what love is and what love feels like might only feel profound to me, but it's a description I'm proud of. This chapter is also a way to somewhat reset Tip's character. Remember, those earlier chapters saw Tip as a sadistic child, ritualistically sacrificing animals and torturing people. He was evil. I feel like I never really gave his character enough emotion and emotional depth in those early chapters. That in some way, it's easy to forget he wasn't good. To me, those early chapters sometimes feel like Tip's behavior is glossed over, and his horrifying actions become minimized, because Mombi would come along and do something equally horrifying, if not unequivocally worse. I would be lying if I said I don't regret making Tip out to be more of a sympathetic character. Because I do regret making him out to be more of a sympathetic character. Like I said, he was evil earlier on. Here, however, we find he has turned his life around. We find out that he's stopped aging. Okay, okay. Real quick here, this is one of those weird things. Biblical, even. Much like in the Old Testament, where people lived for hundreds of years, people in Oz live for excruciatingly long times as well. If you do the math, Tip is like 178 years old here, and living in the body of a 10-year-old boy. I realize that's weird, but, you know, it's my story. So, I'm going to tell it how I want. Anyway, Tip's had a long life. He's had time to repent and become a good person. I also point out that there are blank spots in his memory. One could assume he doesn't even remember all the bad stuff he did when he was a real child we get a little bit of a glimpse into what he's been up to in all this time. He apparently saved an old lady and her farm from bandits, and Jack has presumably done some equally good stuff as well. You can go ahead and assume those aren't the only acts of valor, though. I mean, he's been around for 178 years, after all. Along with all this, we see that he knows of Dorothy, and her travels. I added a little bit of how history is learned in the land of Oz here as well, on the wings of ravens and owls, carried across the winds of time. I have a better explanation coming, if I ever do a darkest Days of Dorothy Gale. If. Originally, I had this idea of making darker days somewhat of a western, Tip and Jack were going to be bounty hunters looking for Dorothy. Tip's malevolent past would be his malevolent present. And by the end of the book, he would be redeemed when he did something great and valiant. Once I began writing, I just kind of let the story go where I felt it wanted to go. My stories, or ideas for projects in general, often veer wildly off course with the final product being vastly different from what it started out being. Somewhere I have an old outline for darker days, and if I can manage to find it, I'll post it on a social account or maybe even read it as a special episode for everyone to see just how different this book is now compared to the beginning. One more thing before I tie up this Aftermath episode. I really like the dynamic between Tip and Jack. They're well-seasoned travelers by now, and their friendship is clearly tried and true at this point. Tip is older than Jack. Barely, but older. Yet Jack tends to come off as a bit wiser. Or at least that was the intention anyway. He sees Tip being careless by packing the weaponry away and he foresees this as a problem. I also like that Tip isn't above admitting he's wrong. I also gave the tree horse a little bit of emotion and character here as well. These three have only themselves, and they mean a lot to each other. If I missed something, or failed to address something you feel I should have, or goofed on my summary of Dante's Inferno which is very possible, let me know. I'm always open to questions, comments, or constructive criticism. You don't have to be constructive, but you're probably not going to get any response from me if you aren't constructive. You don't have to like this show. And honestly, I don't know why you're listening if you don't. But like it or not, you can be nice. I know you can. I believe in you. A quick rundown of ways to get in touch with me is Dark Days of Dorothy Gale at outlook.com, at Dark Dorothy G on Twitter and TikTok. alternately, the Ordinary Sun—that's S S-U-N, U N—on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And of course, if social media isn't quite your jam, there's always the official Dark Days website, DD of DG. Dot com. You can also find links to t-shirts and stickers and stuff there as well. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale used to be on Amazon as an ebook and in paperback form, but at the time of this recording, the podcast is the only way to experience it. If you would like to support the show, buying a t-shirt or a sticker or something really is the coolest way to go about it. If you want to support my specific brand of creativity in a more direct financial way, you can find me at buymeacoffee.com slash ordinary son. If you do, I'll give you a shout out on this unsuccessful and obscure podcast. And I'll even send you a handwritten thank you note, complete with a fun little sketch. If you don't want to donate to this cause, that's fine, too. Honestly, I'm happy to do this either way. Come back Friday, November 11th, for Chapter 23, The Blind King. And Chapter 24, Prelude to the Blind King. And the aftermath for both of those chapters. Those will cover Canto 7 of Dante's Inferno, Circle 4, Hoarders and Wasters, and Circle 5, Wrathful and Sullen. Thanks for listening. I love you all.